0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Challenge of an Asian Up Podcast, episode 11. I am Brian Cohen. Here with me, joining me this week is Lita for the first time. Lita, how are you?
1: I am so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a big fan of the podcast.
0: Yeah, after uh, some correspondence on Twitter and everything, this is our first uh, human interaction that we get to experience.
1: Yes, exactly. Through our dear mutual friend, Ali Lasher, of Allie, course.
0: Ali connects the entire world of uh, Rhap together.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm always saying about her.
0: Uh, so how are you doing? What's uh, What's been going on with you?
1: Um, I'm good. Things are going well. I finished my last classes of undergrad yesterday. Um, I graduate Ooh. next week, which is pretty scary. But obviously, I'm already making huge moves professionally because I'm on the challenge podcast. Right. So things are going great.
0: If anything says uh, job ready, it's talking about weirdos on MTV. So you got that going for you.
1: Yeah, I'm about to put this on my LinkedIn, like, as soon as we finish.
0: <laughs> who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? And as uh, to kick things off <laughs> quickly, uh, our buddy Alex Kidwell asks, Lita watches the challenge?
1: Yeah, it's apparently my best kept secret, which I have talked about the challenge with Alex Kidwell before, so I don't know why he's trying to throw me under the bus. But, yeah, I'm a big f- fan of it and of are you the one um as well as obviously your coverage of it so uh i don't know i guess that this was something that i'm not public enough about on social media (laughs)
0: i've seen a few uh i've seen more are you the one tweets pop up from you than the challenge so that's why i was a little surprised also that you watched the challenge but then it was like boom all right here we go let's do it
1: yeah there's i feel like a lot more to say and make fun of on are you the one it's a lot more live tweetable because half the episode isn't people just like climbing something or pushing something. So. I guess I need to get better at my challenge live tweeting game.
0: No, you the one is definitely is easily more uh, made making funnable on on <laughs> uh, on Twitter for sure. Yes. Uh, before we get going, this is uh, I always forget to do this, and then Ali always gives me shit for not doing it. But we had a couple five star reviewers on iTunes, so shout out to uh, Flubber Knuckles and Ewag. So thank you for that. If you want, you can leave more at robhiswebsite dot com slash challenge iTunes for either me or if you. Or happy that someone else is uh, talking like Lita. You can leave it to her, but you can leave the the reviews there. So shout out to uh, Flubber Knuckles is a hell of an iTunes name. So interesting.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: So for are you for are you the one? Did you get into that first or the challenge first, or you just jump in on both simultaneously?
1: Um, I think that I was more more in on the challenge first. I had watched Are You the One kind of here and there first um because uh there was someone from so you think you can dance on it Um, awesome and so i I watched a couple of his episodes because i was obsessed with so you think can dance and he was a real douchebag on so you think can dance and it's really hard to be like unlikable on that show because you just like go on and dance and get criticism it's like really hard to come off badly but he managed to do it (laughs) um so i wanted to see him on there but uh it didn't really grabbed me as much until i watched from the beginning um because it's hard to kind of jump in in the middle of are you the one right. um whereas the challenge i started watching and was immediately hooked
0: right so you're you're uh it's interesting to get a perspective for someone who's not uh uh so closely connected with like some of the old schoolers a lot of people as we now i've talked about a lot about uh people are hating on the You the one people because they feel like they're intruding so someone who's coming in a little uh fresher it's it's interesting to get their perspective on like where people are coming in from if they mind people coming from a real world or an are you the one but you probably just you just it's all the same to you
1: yeah the real world is one that i never really got in i have watched a lot of old seasons of the challenge but i don't have that uh historical perspective um however my mom was She'll be really mad at me for saying this, but my mom was really into the real world. Um, so I've gotten some of her takes uh, when we were on spring break a couple weeks ago. Um, my mom and I were in Florida and I turned on the challenge and she saw Johnny Bananas. She goes, oh, that guy is still around. And I was like, Mom, what? And I found out she had uh, been a huge real world fan. Oh, my back God. in I don't know. She stuck with it for a long time.
0: Right. That's I think that's everyone's <laughs> reaction. That, so when people hear that Bananas is still on the challenge, <laughs> it's the same reaction that people hear when they say Survivor is still on the air. Ever, that's the yeah. same reaction. They've basically been going for the yes. same amount of years. So, Yeah, exactly. So kicking off, uh, jumping into this week's episode, we picked things up where uh, they ended during the men's heat of the elimination with Corey and Nelson uh, shoving each other. They They cut it off. I guess the second before production stepped in because there was really no in between of things escalating between them. What did you make of the uh, the Corey and Nelson shove off?
1: I mean, this was so. I I don't know. I was not interested in this. I'm not interested really in the relationship between Corey and Corey and Nelson over the whole arc of this episode where they push each other and then they make up and we dedicate a scene to it. Um, I was just kind of. On the edge of my seat because I'm a big Shane fan and I was just kind of wanting to get to that.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, but I'm, I, I was sorry, hoping, I was hoping someone, at least something a little bit more would be interesting. So one of them could just be kicked off. It would be, it would have been the best if Nelson just got kicked off after he won an elimination, which allowed Shane to automatically make it. I think basically everyone would be rooting <laughs> for that scenario, but unfortunately, production had to be lame and stop anything from happening between them.
1: Yeah. I was about to say we haven't really had, um, an altercation really at all. That's starting to send anybody out, out of the house this season, right?
0: No, not really. It's been, it's been pretty, pretty quiet other than like Camilla going nuts, but no, that wasn't anything to get kicked out about. So yeah, it's been a subdue, subdue cast so far.
1: Yeah. So it would have been interesting to have Nelson win and then immediately turn around and have to leave. <laughs>
0: and that would be of all the things Nelson would do. That would be the most Nelson thing to do is get kicked yeah. out right after winning.
1: <laughs> yes, definitely.
0: It, it, but, uh, but it how, turned
1: out there was more more bark in his dog right
0: <laughs> that that was like that was me on the show trying to like come up with a phrase and just absolutely butchering it so the, <laughs> the, there's the, there's not the I think he said it's not the size of the dog in the bark, right? That's what he said, which I don't know where the bark even comes from because it's like yeah, it has to do I with think, fight,
1: yeah. I think he was mixing it up with there's an expression that his bark is bigger than his bite,
0: Oh, um, okay. That's what it is. But yeah, yeah. he was
1: conflating it with like like some other expression about the size of something. Right. I, I really don't know what he was going for. He says, yeah, it's not the bark in the dog. It's the dog in the bark.
0: Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, I think he was trying to say it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Oh, and and, then, the he just, dog, and yes. then he just added bark <laughs> in there. He yeah, just maybe knows. he's
1: thinking of a dog like inside of a tree. Right. Like the dog in, in the bark. Right. I don't so, know I can't I can't put myself in Nelson's mind
0: no you wouldn't want to there's probably not <laughs> going around there anyway so you're in good shape for for round two Corey we debated last week if Corey getting this heated would work kind of toward like work well for him or against him going into uh, his battle against Shane but it seemed to work pretty well because he uh, handled Shane pretty uh, easily in his in his uh, second round of Zen Shane home which I think as you mentioned we're all very disappointed about
1: yeah this was devastating it wasn't even like a, you know to use nelson's nelson's language a dog fight <laughs> um which like i was really hoping for especially because we ended on a cliffhanger as we apparently always do now right. um so i was hoping it would be a bigger brawl but i don't know i'm really sad but shane says we'll be back said on twitter
0: yeah, and Derek Boucher was uh, wondering if uh, what are the chances we see of a Shane return? I think I think I would like to see him back. I think fans would all like to see him back. I don't know who isn't a Shane fan. You may not like him, but at the very least, he's entertaining. So I don't know why anyone would not want to see Shane uh, yeah.
1: 2.0. Yeah, he was great. I feel like he's also um, kind of a rare combo where like he's really physically good even though people are underestimating him he proved to be really physically good he's Mm -hmm. also good drama he's mean to other people he's good TV and he's also kind of strategic so I feel like you don't really get all three of those things
0: yeah and he he helps bridge the the gap between the uh, people who want old school and people who want new school which is pretty much just like production and everyone else wants old school so it's like a good uh, combo I, I would love to see Shane back I think he did more than enough to warrant a spot coming back so we shall see with that Yes. Uh, as we shift back to the house, CT uh, said he was he was oddly impressed with like the underdog's performance. Which, it's kind of weird to hear them talk about how well they're doing. Like I know they're winning some of the challenges, but they're just going up against each other in the elimination. So it's not <laughs> like they can be like, "Oh, we're like knocking out all these champs." Like they're just knocking out each other. What do you make of the format about how this this season has gone down with just underdogs going up against each other and champs? Same thing.
1: I mean, it's I feel like it's hard because. The the challenges that are just for money, I mean, like, why do we really care, you mm-hmm. know, how much money one team has versus another? Um, it just seems like there's so much less at stake, especially um, when it's something like how Shane went out where he won the, the first part of that challenge. He was the first to p- to finish the Sududu puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gets knocked out anyway. And I don't know what they could have done differently, but I feel like it's just not really... This is maybe really results oriented, just because I'm sad about the people that went home, right? Because of this, because I thought Amanda was good TV. Um, But it just seemed unfair that both of the people who were the first ones to do this, uh, you know, really hard puzzle before, got knocked out. And that's a product of this strange formula that they have, where the major challenges they're competing for money, then they knock each other out, and it also means that we have to end up with an even number of vets and newbies. And I feel like, at least from my perspective, I would kind of rather all four of the uh i mean not vets whatever the the champions um all four of the champions be there in the final than basically any of these uh underdogs so i don't really like that it has to be even but no
0: that's a a good point about how the people went home were the ones who won the puzzle and it kind of goes back it's kind of interesting how they decided to send the people home because if they were trying to do this kind of oasis 2.0 everyone had to literally win a challenge so it's kind of weird that they instead of having the people who finished last go home, they probably should have just had have whoever won just advanced. And then everyone else just, you know, kept moving back to the the further elimination. And if they did that, like you said, Shane would have have been fine because he won the puzzle. He would have been safe. So I'm kind of surprised they didn't do it that way.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that would have been better TV because we wouldn't have had to sit there for 20 minutes watching people do a puzzle that we can't you know, see mm-hmm. who's winning or anything right. like that.
0: Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. And Corey actually makes a very interesting observation that may come into play next week when he notes that, uh, kind of like how probes would say, all right, now you're part of the jury or this is now the final three. TJ didn't say officially to the underdogs, all right, you guys are now in the final. So yeah. do you think there is another elimination coming for the underdogs next week?
1: I mean, I got to think so, right? I, I mean, otherwise... Not only would TJ not have neglected to say that, but they wouldn't have shown it. Right. Um, so I think that that's what's happening. This yeah. whole season, honestly, was very hard to keep up with like all of the different rules and machinations mm-hmm. of it just because like you've mentioned on this podcast before, it felt like three different seasons. Yeah. It's like, okay, wait, what's happening now logistically?
0: Yeah, I, I think the, I think like you said, the key point is the fact that they showed Corey saying, uh, you know, why didn't TJ say it? This is the final, just like what there was last week or two weeks ago. When CT said, uh, "I don't know if we should be getting fucked up," because I think something may be going on. And then, boom, TJ comes in and says, "You know, get ready for the bloodbath." It's kind of, I think it's kind of along that line that they, they wouldn't show that unless it actually meant something, or maybe they just wanted to see them look paranoid. But I, I would lean towards you that yeah, something something's going down next week. That it's not going to be a, a even like type of playing field going into, or maybe they will try to make an even playing field going into the final.
1: Yeah. As C.T. said, it's spooky.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's C.T. That's (laughs) C.T. So Corey and Nelson have their little powwow, kind of talk all their issues out, bond together, dance together, pump each other up together. Uh, I I, I think you said also that you had no, you you didn't care about Corey (laughs) Nelson. I'm totally over Corey Nelson. I didn't need to see them. I didn't care if they were mad at each other. I don't care if they like each other. Um, I'm completely over them.
1: Yeah. But it does give way to the best character scene. I've seen in a long time with the peanut butter.
0: Yeah, so this is uh this just quite the scene. This was a scene <laughs> where usually they have like these weird one-off scenes for like twenty seconds in between commercials. But this was like a right. five minute scene that just kept going and going about Nicole and peanut butter. Which is
1: It eh. was so good. Eh.
0: So <laughs> <laughs> what was why why were you so into the Nicole Peanut Butter gate?
1: It was so weird. I just like it was very bizarre. So should we set up what this what this was?
0: Sure. So the setup is a callback to something that obviously didn't happen on the show, because why would the challenge try to set things up? But apparently three <laughs> weeks ago, while drunk, Laurel was told to hide Nicole's jar of peanut butter. And to this date, it hadn't been found. And finally, Nicole stumbled upon it in the bushes and now is on a woodshot to discover who stole her peanut butter.
1: Yeah, and at the time, Laurel didn't know it was Nicole's peanut butter. Like the way she told it, she was drunk. And so someone handed her a huge jar of peanut butter and said, hide this in the bushes. And she said, okay, Mm -hmm. which is very weird to start off with. But she didn't know it was Nicole. So then when Nicole finds out that this is hidden, she goes into cop mode, which, might I add, was not great did not reflect well in her interrogation skills um, and tries to find out who hit it and Laurel still doesn't confess even though she didn't know it was hers at the time it was very weird and we get so much from Nicole about how peanut butter is my first love and <laughs> peanut butter <laughs> doesn't go bad even though there's right. like mold on it,
0: it and, was- <laughs> and I couldn't grasp it kept going back and forth in my mind about whether Nicole was actually mad at first I was like oh my god she's just joking around and then there was like a tone in her voice like oh actually I think she's truly upset and then i'll know she's just joking did you think at any moment she was truly upset with whoever stole her peanut butter
1: yeah there i mean there definitely were moments they were in the pool and laurel gets like really defensive she's like can we just you know move on or she said something like that and then in confessional she's like i just want to get out of this situation Mm -hmm. and that made it seem like it was it was like she was seriously intimidated by this
0: it's weird seeing Laurel in this type of a role, of just being like a, a little passive, like scared, like it, this isn't Laurel that we're used to. And the power of Nicole just can turn people to do crazy, crazy things, including hiding peanut butter and then being afraid to admit to it.
1: I know. Um, so yeah there, there were moments where I definitely thought it was serious but then she had that confessional it's like do I think she's worthy of peanut butter maybe a <laughs> tablespoon like okay <laughs> she she clearly doesn't care that much but this was really r- relatable to me because I love peanut butter so that is
0: so you would go on the, the manhunt that Nicole went on if someone <laughs> stole your peanut butter
1: well it seemed like an overreaction at first but then it kind of seemed like this was like like they couldn't just replace this jar of peanut butter like this it seemed like was her only mm-hmm. peanut butter that she had access to in the house and it couldn't be replaced. So right. then I was kind of on board. I was like, yeah, I would also be really mad if someone took my peanut butter. Yeah. I I mean, maybe to... not, maybe not that mad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I used to be a big peanut butter kid. I had a peanut butter sandwich every single day in uh, for elementary school, every single day throughout the school. That was just yeah,
1: well, And you're not anymore. I think I just like oversaturated did that, did something traumatic. I, I just
0: oversaturated <laughs> myself with so much peanut butter over my childhood that I just like, couldn't go back to it. I think I'm starting to like, work my way back there so so i might get back on the peanut butter train but derek would you would you eat moldy peanut butter where do you draw the line of what type of peanut butter you eat
1: i mean not if i was honestly i don't even eat chunky peanut butter so (laughs) i'm I'm very particular about my peanut butter i love it but you know i want it exactly how i like it um (laughs) so probably not but if if you're in a desperate situation you haven't had it for three weeks i don't know
0: Man, it's, it takes a true addict to go down and start scooping the moldy <laughs> peanut butter right out of the jar. Right, she said
1: it doesn't go bad.
0: <laughs> I I honestly wasn't sure if peanut butter went bad. I thought it was one of the things that you could just store forever. That it was like one of those things you would put in uh like uh, bomb <laughs> shelters. I, I thought that was the case. I guess not. I guess that is I mean, totally incorrect.
1: I I think that it definitely wouldn't normally go bad after three weeks. I think it'll go back eventually. But I think the fact that it was outside in the rain mm-hmm. um. Probably Probably had something to do with that.
0: Right. That's probably true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> so from Peanut Butter Gate to CT talking retirement. It's so weird to like hear people talk of actually about retirement from game like MTV show. But for CT, it's kind of retirement because he has been doing this for so long. But it was nice to hear him talk about how uh, you know he thought he was dumb, but he's feeling a second wind. He's enjoying himself. Happy CT is a great CT.
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely can't blame him after everything he's been through uh, for thinking that this would be his last one, win or lose, but I'm very happy to hear this.
0: Yeah, so uh, we'll have to see how this season plays out. If he wins, maybe he'll just want to kind of ride off into the sunset. If he loses, maybe he wants to try to kind of come back and get another title. So we'll we'll have to see uh, what is in store for uh, CT. Maybe he wants to try to wait it out for his kid to come on and they can have a father and son season. So maybe maybe he'll want to do that. Who knows?
1: Uh, Blood versus water <laughs> challenge, but <laughs> ex- with kids
0: exactly. now. Exactly, yep. <laughs> That'll be that'll be wild. Uh, did you have anything else before <laughs> we get to uh, the money grab challenge this week?
1: Uh, no, nope. I think that about covered it.
0: So this was uh, caved in as TJ explains that there's no uh, it's just champs elimination. There's no deliberation. We already know the four people going in, so this is just straight straight for money. Another thirty thousand. I could I think this was just like the same amount as I had last week. I couldn't remember if this was the most they've ever gave, but I mean thirty thousand dollars added to uh, potential pot. Uh, the underdogs were at fifty-five going in. The champs were at twenty-five. So I mean, it's a decent amount of money. Depending on how many people are left, but like you, uh, like we discussed earlier, the fact that there's no real stakes, it kind of just like lessens these uh these whole challenges
1: going forward. Yeah, especially when it's not a super visual challenge. Like I found this one kind of hard to tell what was going on. Yeah. Um, so when you have something like that where you know you can't really tell who's in the lead until someone narrates it it's kind of like okay we're just watching people dig through coconuts for money
0: yeah i wish they kind of had like a like a mario kart mario party map along the side to kind of show where everyone <laughs> is was along the way and what's like to come like oh they're at the, yes. the coconut stage of the thing but they still have to get to the sand portion I, they needed to do something to give you any more sense as opposed to showing they're on all right they're on cage five like
1: i don't know what yeah. that means <laughs> well ashley says thank god this isn't trivia and i've never disagreed with anything more. Uh, I feel like it would be so funny to see this group of four people, the underdogs, even without trivia queen Jenna uh, take on. It
0: almost would have been better to do a trivia with less people. That way everyone gets their, their stupidness amplified, as opposed to just getting like a, like one question that maybe you can sneakily get right. But if you have to answer a lot of questions, that could have been a lot more fun.
1: Yeah. I feel like they did it this late in, uh in one of them the seasons in uh, X's 2, I think when Jenna won it, I think there were only eight people. So I was, I really had my hopes up.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't mind the challenge. I minded that there was nothing else to go with it. Like I, some of the good things they do is when they shift from one type of challenge to another. So if they had to get out of the cage and then do something else, I wouldn't have minded. But the fact that it was just, all right, whoever just, you know, grabs a key under the bottom of the coconuts and that's it. I did feel like there was a step missing for this challenge that could have made it a little more visually appealing and entertaining, but the fact that it was just getting the cages, I felt like there was something they could have done added to it.
1: Yeah, I totally agree.
0: So the only thing that really came out of the, the challenge besides the underdogs actually somehow winning, I mean, good job by them. This They're even playing field and they won, so that's that's good, good job by them, but uh, Laurel and Camilla kind of had it out uh, about, they were throwing blame around. Camilla, of all people, was like, let's all be nice and be kind to each other. Laurel was trying to throw, uh, I think, basically throwing Camilla under the bus. What did you make of them kind of going at it after the challenge was over?
1: I just felt like it was so not even like, what was this about? It was just that Camilla was looking at the other team and Laurel didn't like that. And then Camilla didn't like that. Laurel didn't like that. It just escalated so fast as it does with Camilla. I was like, what are they screaming about? Right. Like I've, they obviously are blaming each other for something.
0: Yeah, I think kind of Camilla kind of nailed it when she just said that Laurel just doesn't like to lose and she doesn't really know how to lose and she just has to lash out at whoever she can lash out with because she just probably doesn't lose that often. So when she actually loses, she doesn't really know how how to handle it. And because yeah, I, I mean Camilla looking over to the other team, there's nothing. I I would support that. You know, if someone's if the other team is doing something that you're not and you could pick up an advantage, why wouldn't you want them to look over and just kind of get a peek and see what's going on? So yeah,
1: I, I don't know. And then. It, it was kind of interesting that they showed that because then it comes up later in uh, the elimination between them, how Camilla is kind of looking over at what she's doing and ends up paying off for her.
0: Right. Exactly. I mean, we've seen it time and time again, you, if you can't figure it out. Just cheat. Cheaters win. It's the way of life. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> I did love in this challenge, Ashley saying it's really sad to say, but I think I'm the brains of this operation.
0: <laughs> yes. And kind of like thinking about the the cast of characters yeah. they have left it. It's very true between
1: it's very pe- true
0: between Corey nelson and nicole yeah ashley she's the <laughs> valedictorian
1: <laughs> congratulations ashley yeah.
0: but you know what ashley's done pretty well and i mean <laughs> the underdogs winning here i mean i think the chance has only won like one or two of the challenges all season so i, I guess he at a certain point you just have to be impressed that the other dogs do keep winning and it depending about what the setup is for a final i think you have to give him at least a fighter's chance to potentially win
1: yeah, I mean, they have so much more money. Like, even though they've only won, won a couple more, uh, that's pretty incentivizing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they've won the last two, and the last two basically counted for, like, 80% of the money available. So that, that'll yeah. uh, kind of kick kickstart things for them. But, I mean, we still have to see mm-hmm. exactly how the rest of the money is dispersed in the final. We still don't know if it's an individual type thing or if they're still going to be in pairs or teams or whatever, what's going to go on. So, as we've said, like, who, who really knows what's going to happen in these last episode or two?
1: Yeah, are these things like how the money is divided supposed to be like surprises, or do they just not bother telling us?
0: I I think they've just not bothered telling us. Normally, (laughs) they say like, "All right, there's like three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and first place gets you know two twenty-five, second gets one hundred, whatever it normally is." Like they they just haven't said anything about this uh, about the final season. Which at least we believe maybe they're still (laughs) they like going in. They're like not sure about how they want to do it because I don't see what the (laughs) downside would be just to tell. Everyone, all right. Like this is going to be the setup of the final. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they want to do like a big, some sort of big twist on it or something.
0: Right, right. That's why they're so, telling us. But uh, so yeah, so the other dogs get the win, uh, and it sets up the the elimination that we see of Camilla versus Laurel and CT versus versus Dorel, And Camilla points out that Laurel is is I didn't even realize this, but she is nine and zero in her career. She's always made a final of course sort of like Jenna Jenna lost an uh, elimination uh this year so it was kind of building up Laurel to be this unstoppable uh monster which she which we thought she is did you think Camilla had a chance going into uh this elimination
1: um i started to get nervous for laurel once there were multiple references of her 90 record mm-hmm. um if if I wasn't kind of like reading what the show was putting down, then I definitely would not have thought that there was anything that Camilla was going to beat her in, but because they were really building up, building her up so much as she herself was talking about her nine Oh record. Um, I just felt like they were setting us up for a takedown.
0: Yeah. MC is big on the, uh, the uh, old switcheroo at the end make Billy someone up or building someone down. And then, Oh, actually it's the complete opposite, but it just, even you can see it coming, but you are still like, at least for me, I just still didn't believe that it would actually happen. I thought, oh, maybe it'll just be a lot closer than you think, but Laurel would still be able to win. But yeah, the fact that they uh, set it up like that is not as unexpected from MTV. But what did you make of Nicole and Laurel? It seemed like Nicole was trying to give her advice, but Laurel just like wanted none of it, and she's like, just don't even talk to me. I can't even. I can't take. I don't keep nut- kneeling me that you guys want. I just need to. I just can't stand it right now. What did you make of their interaction before the before the elimination?
1: I mean. I definitely understand, um, you know, Camilla's perspective from after the challenge where she was saying that uh, Laurel just kind of can't stand losing. And I understand that. But but at the same time, like I was definitely seeing where Laurel was coming from in this argument where like if you're really upset and your partner is trying to tell you how to fix it instead of just saying, like, I understand that can be really annoying. Um, So I was definitely irritated with Nicole here. and even. I was just thinking about how are these two still together? Cause this is so early in their relationship and they're having these kind of quarrels where they just kind of seem like they annoy each other, but I, you know, they worked it out.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, Elizabeth, I'm going to absolutely destroy this last name. Jerwonka <laughs> asks anyone know Laurel and Nicole's relationship status as of now, uh, based on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, they are still together. So they were able to power, power through, uh, So, uh, yeah, I think their personalities are very, very similar. And I think that's going to lead to a lot more of these types of situations, especially when you're in like the powder cake of a challenge house. There's a lot of pressure and you can't just go about your day to day life. So to see them kind of butt heads, especially over someone winning and the other person losing a challenge when they're both uber competitors is I I can't imagine this is going to be the first time and only time this is going to happen between them.
1: Yeah. And Nicole was doing that thing where she was like, Laurel finds it annoying that when she talks about the underdogs winning and Nicole is like oh you think it's annoying when I say the underdogs won that's what you think is annoying and it's like oh my god (laughs) I completely understand Laurel uh, being irritated in this situation.
0: Nicole's definitely someone who was a kid who did like the stop hitting yourself and would like put a finger like right above your nose you'd be like I'm not touching you I'm not touching you I'm not touching you she she just knows a way to get under people's skin.
1: Yes Um, but yeah there was a a lovely Instagram of the Together yesterday on Laurel's account. I guess Nicole is now a firefighter? It was that oh. her like firefighting graduation?
0: I guess so. Good for her. Is she are they because is she I know Laurel lives in Montana. Do you know if where was that graduation from? Are they in Jersey together or New York together?
1: Uh yeah. Yeah, it was in New York.
0: Okay, so I guess I would so, assume then Laurel is out here. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out at the reunion or something. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but good for them. Yeah. I did not see them making this last.
0: No. <laughs> I, I, I would be stunned if by like the next time the uh, uh another season comes around they're still together. But you know what? Every day for them is, is a is a win in my mind. So it's put quite the power couple. Yes. Uh so this is we go up to uh to the elimination we got.
1: Wait, uh, are we gonna skip Ashley finding a bug in her food?
0: We can, we, we, can, we can talk about a chair. Ashley being scarred from vegetables for
1: life. <laughs> she screams that she's going to die.
0: Have you ever found. I I, I guess the more traumatizing thing was the fact that it was a live bug. I don't think I've ever had a live Bug in food before it was
1: inside of her broccoli, and it was in her mouth, and she spat it out. That's disgusting.
0: Maybe she would. They were preparing her for uh, the final. You're gonna have to eat a lot more <laughs> disgusting stuff. Stuff there. They're kind of just like dropping it in your food to get ready.
1: Yeah, but it's on your own terms. You can prepare yeah. for it. Yeah. Oh, God, it was really <laughs> disturbed me.
0: <laughs> Poor Ashley. I think uh, Jenna. Jenna backers like me would say it's karma for all the shots she's taken at Jenna. So that's what I would say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's fair.
0: Uh so yeah, Okay, so, now that
1: we've covered that <laughs> crucial plot detail. <laughs>
0: no, that was that was that's gonna come back in a big way. There's gonna be a broccoli eating part of the final and Ashley's not gonna be able to do it because she's gonna be <laughs> scared. Um but yes, yeah, so the elimination, uh as the uh, other champ eliminations have been, it, this was a throwback to some previous uh ones. This was uh called Not So Fast. So this isn't exactly it's a physically taxing elimination it's not you know the the balls in one that they did a couple weeks ago so th- were you okay with this elimination setup for like the final one before uh the champs make it to the end that it wasn't really a one on one true battle that it was kind of a like a endurance smarts type elimination
1: um I was okay with with it there are worse ones they could have done i I feel like we're used to seeing this as two on two, right? Yeah. So I feel like it's usually
0: a partner one. Yeah. The one, at least the one time they uh, done it before. Yeah. It was a partner one. And it's kind of interesting to do it one on one here is uh, it. I think it adds a little extra more difficulty that you don't have anyone else to kind of bounce each other off and you use their leverage to do the rope. So I, I just I don't think this is like a not a physically taxing challenge. the thing is if anything this may have been one of the more physically demanding ones they had it's just how you had to set things up i mean 10 minutes to put rope through bars is a long time
1: yeah i remember jeanne like falling and almost dying and then zach probably yelling at her uh during <laughs> this one but uh yeah i mean it's physical but it's another one that's really hard to Watch on your TV and really know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think for something like this, where you're so invested because you're so close to the end, and these are, um, you know, four such big players, I feel like you kind of want to know who has the edge, just like from being able to see it rather than TJ just constantly saying, like, it's so close.
0: Yeah. Um, it is- that's TJ's thing this Pascal obviously just he likes telling everyone that's close even during like the puzzle like <laughs> the, the sudoku poem. he's like oh you guys it's so close it's so close like i don't know if it's actually how close it, How TJ's can a sudoku
1: puzzle be close?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, you are <laughs> like, you're you're one number away and it feels like you're one dot away like I, I don't know i guess he's probably telling the truth but it's just let them fight it out who cares if they're close just l- let them do it.
1: Yeah. Um i mean it was definitely exciting um in the latter part where they were, you know, unknotting each other's because it was clearer to see what was happening with like Laurel kind of gassing out and everything like that. But the the whole first part of this challenge is like not really much to, to watch. It's just kind of the other people screaming at who they want to win on how to do it. <laughs>
0: Right, and Still if giving
1: I, Laurel advice, she doesn't want.
0: Yeah, I would have been exactly like Laurel, just like everyone shouting at me, just like shut up, just let me do my own thing. Like Nicole's chirping, chirping, chirping. If I was like exactly the way Laurel was, like just stop talking. You're just making me even more stressed and making you screw up even more. I think there's a certain point, you know, too much information is is not good information.
1: Yeah, and it's I feel like it's a hard challenge to instruct from the sidelines anyway.
0: Right, exactly. You can't really but see. Uh, yeah, it's easier to instruct. Uh, how to get maybe the other way when you're getting the knot out mm-hmm. but doing the knots it's you know each person just has to kind of do their own their own plan yeah
1: yeah so i wasn't i wasn't super mad at this i think it was a good challenge i definitely understand wanting to see something a little more physical especially from uh ct and dural right
0: yeah it would have been interesting if they did two different eliminations for each pairing but i, I mean i'm fine with this elimination but like the my main issue is the one that, that you said that there was no real clear way to check, all right, who's in the lead. At least, you know, when you're with balls in, it's like, all right, you could see who has, who's gotten one in, who hasn't or if there's some type of race, you could easily see who's ahead. But here, it's like, you know, it's, it's untying notch. It's really hard to get any type of sense of who was winning in the moment. Mm-hmm. So for, at least for me watching, it seemed like Laurel was ahead most of the way. And then all of a sudden, she's kind of just stopped did you get the sense that Camilla was winning from a lot of the challenge, or did you think Laurel was ahead?
1: No, I definitely thought um I mean, even though I was in that headspace of like, okay, they're setting up Laurel to not win this. they're setting up Camilla to take her down during the challenge. I was like, I really don't see how Camilla can come back for this. She got super tangled up when she was setting up her ropes and then didn't really seem to be making that much progress for a long time, and I mean, it is one of those things where. Laurel has seemingly so much more physical strength that would benefit her, um, especially because of her size that I just really didn't see this being close. Um, but I, I don't know what happened. Yeah. So both, uh, Edward
0: Morris and Derek Boucher basically asked did Laurel mentally check out? Did she go soft? Did she quit? Uh, what, what do you think happened to Laurel in those, those final moments that were like she was just sitting on the bar and just like, all right, I'm just done.
1: Yeah. It's hard to say. I feel like, um, she says that she lost focus and that she mentally checked out. And I, I don't know. I feel like it's harder to say, which is worse, <laughs> you know, like, is she just saying that? Cause she doesn't want to admit that she physically gassed out or would it be better for her? Would she come off better if she said that she physically couldn't go any further? I, I really don't know. I guess it depends on the person. So I don't know if this was an excuse for, for her not physically being able to go any further or if she really just, checked out mentally and lost focus
0: yeah it's kind of weird you would think having someone in the house like nicole would only motivate her more to want to not check out it's not like she's like hated in the house and just wants to go home and you know has people back home like she just wants to get back to like you would think if anything, having nicole would motivate her even even more to just definitely not check out so for her it was just it was a super bizarre performance seeing her just kind of just like cave in it's kind of goes back to like how she doesn't know how to lose i think she probably did just guess out and just won't really admit it to anyone and probably won't even admit it to herself so that's why she's just saying she gets she uh kind of checked out because she probably did just guess out that's probably had to be what happened to her
1: yeah um i don't think regardless of what happened it has really anything to do with nicole i don't really see that that like having a relationship made her go soft i don't really see how that would happen to her but mm. i don't know you never know
0: yeah, so I mean, this was quite the win for for Camilla. I mean, she set. I mean, she won like her first or second season with with uh, Johnny in the first X's, and now here is. She, I mean, beating outlasting you know Laurel and Cara Maria. I mean, it's quite quite the feat for for Camilla and setting herself up for uh, a, a finale where she's got a a good shot to win, depending upon how the, how the final goes. But this is a great job by Camilla.
1: Yeah, I agree, and Camilla overall has come off. Really well this season, I think. Um, apart from you know one outburst, which is at this point just to be expected of her, right. uh, I think she has really physically as well as in her temperament has come off as the best version of herself that we've seen. And you could see how much it meant to
0: her; like she was just bawling after she after she won, just how like happy she was and, and proud of herself she was it's the the transformation for her for this season i mean after last season she basically had like a whole instagram post saying, like i'm never coming back i'm retired and here she is now this yeah. is maybe like her best season ever so maybe everyone she's just fake retirement and then they'll just come back even better
1: yeah and she even has a showman's that i honestly keep forgetting about until yeah. they show it
0: I, I i forgot about it i was like who's who's uh who's you <laughs> i'm like oh <laughs> that's right Corey. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's i mean a thing. that's kind What's of like a new thing yeah she hooks up with like some of the more forgettable people he's kind of like by the next season, you kind of just don't even realize they they ever happened. That's that's Camilla's new move. Yeah,
1: I, I did not bother to check up on uh Camilla and Corey's Instagram status. No, I'm I'm quite confident <laughs> that they are not together.
0: Yeah, I think that is the mortal <laughs> lock of the century. I think if they even okay. like spoke outside of the house, as opposed to like at like MTV events, that would be a, a surprise. So yeah, there there is no uh, shipping uh Camilla and Corey. Uh, okay. So I'm okay with that. So uh, of course we have to get a two-week continue to set up for the, the guys' elimination. At least this time, they kind of did the 2 continue right before the elimination started, as opposed to last time when they cut it off like three seconds before it ended. So next week, we'll have the full uh, Durrell versus CT elimination. But who are you rooting for to uh, advance to the final?
1: Uh, it's so hard. <laughs> I, I really like both of them. Um, I'm rooting for CT, I think, uh, just because I feel like this is a big triumphant return for him. I guess not that it's not for Darrell, but I, after seeing CT talk about, um, you know, potentially coming back after thinking that this would be his last season, I just, I just want the best for CT.
0: Yeah. I think CT has to be the overwhelming fan favorite, but it kind of sucks because if Darrell was going up against basically anyone else, everyone would be like, so into his story about how long yeah. he's been off and how he's doing this, just to like prove himself. And he's just like the, the whole story for Darrell would be so great, but to go up against, I mean, CT, like, first season coming back after everything that happened with DM, it's like, how could you not want CT just to, to win and do this? I mean, that would be quite the story. So I think everyone is on the same page about rooting rooting for CT here. And then whoever wins, a thousand percent rooting them to beat Corey and Nelson in the final.
1: So. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, this is what I'm saying about the format of this is that like everybody here wants to see Durrell and CT in the finals compared to the people that want to see Nelson yeah. and Corey in the finals.
0: Yeah, I was really hoping at a certain point they would be like, all right, now underdogs if you really want to prove you can be the champs you have to like beat them to get to a final i really thought like a couple weeks ago that's the shift that they were going to do but no they just they're ratted this thing all the way all the way to the end so
1: yeah or just have some kind of merge where at that point it doesn't matter what team you're on like any configuration could go to the final i don't know
0: yeah so uh
1: (laughs) this just went on for for longer (laughs) than we anticipated
0: yeah uh so uh Your buddy Alex could well ask. This is actually a pretty interesting question. I'm curious your thoughts. So the challenge he said the challenge used to be always structured where more people made less collective money, but recent seasons seem to all be about paying a lot of money to very few people in the end. Do you prefer a bigger finale or bigger stakes with fewer people? And if we're only going to pay out like four people, should we doing casts as big as twenty-six? So basically, should there be more people in the final getting less each getting each getting less money, or basically should there be less people in the final playing for a higher stakes what do you like to see more
1: hmm um well i i think to start i do think that this cast was too big i don't think that that's a hot take no that's um,
0: that's, that's a cold take <laughs> very cool
1: yeah so so if it, it's an incredibly room temperature take so yeah. if it means um starting out with a smaller cast if that's what they have to do um Even if they have to budget for people, I mean, like we said, no one got kicked out or left this season, which is pretty crazy with that many people. Um, So even if they have to budget, I think that they should start with fewer people. And if that means fewer people in the finals and a bigger payout, that's fine with me. Um, Other than that, I, I don't know if I really have a strong opinion about this. I think this season I'm I think they're better off with fewer people. Just because they tease that it's going to be a three-day final. And I feel like at that point, that's so long. They're going to get so spaced out, I feel like. Yeah, I think that it doesn't... It wouldn't benefit them to have a ton of teams there, a ton of
0: people there. No, I'm with you. I I think I, in the end, I more prefer a kind of a smaller collection of people fighting for for a bigger prize. I do think it it adds something when there's like a larger group and there's like like the... the weak, the weak uh, person in the group that's holding everyone back. We haven't really seen something like that in a while, where people have to work truly work together in the end. We've seen like pairs and stuff like that, but now that like a a group of three or four people are having to work together. So I think having a good mix is is important. But I I I think having the smaller people for the bigger prize adds a little more to it. So I think that's ultimately where I land. But I think it's it's important to kind of mix things up. So it's kind of an interesting yeah. topic.
1: Yeah, and it kind of adds more emotion to the end if someone, you know, needs that money for something as, you know, for some reason, TJ has been doing all these little interviews, which he didn't do this, this episode before the challenge about, you know, who you're playing for or why you're playing.
0: Yeah, I guess maybe he's just got everyone's answer like the previous <laughs> week, but I feel like he asked people, other people multiple times, but he didn't really get into that. But he did give uh, Camilla a nice hug in the end. Which um, I was very jealous. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure exactly. It'd be weirder to say if I was jealous of Camilla the hug TJ or TJ the hug Camilla, but I think I was more jealous of Camilla being able to hug TJ. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. Uh,
1: that's understandable.
0: Yeah, it was funny how she TJ was like, "Oh, you're all like sweaty. Like, get off me!" That, that was the job <laughs> I TJ.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of uh, missed the really awkward interview portion. Like, it's a a pageant right. where they have the one question interview.
0: <laughs> how would you solve world hunger?
1: yeah exactly uh, so, oh my god I would love to see
0: that uh, I, feel, I feel like Jenna's definitely <laughs> done a pageant before that's she had to have like that's right up Jenna's alley
1: yeah oh I'm sure
0: so uh, so we have uh, after this male elimination we'll seemingly have the elimination the finals close to being set we'll have to see if the underdogs go into it but as they noted PJ Gong and as is a three day final going to make these last couple of episodes more or less watchable so do you like the, the actual finals I find them kind of the more boring parts of the entire season but what do you make of the actual final itself
1: uh, I like the finals. I mean some are better than others but overall I find them pretty compelling I so three days though is extremely long so yeah. is it broken up into two episodes I should have known this before coming on but is it two more ep- I
0: think episodes the season I thought a couple weeks ago, I thought next week would be the finale but the fact that they still need to do an elimination to start the episode and maybe even do more eliminations if the underdogs do something I can't imagine next week is the finale and they also didn't say like next week on the finale yeah. so I think there's right. I think there's two more so I think a three day eliminations will be split up into at least an episode and a half so
1: okay <laughs> well <laughs> I I don't need more than one episode for a final I don't think yeah I, um, I, I'm with you yeah I, I tend to be engaged in that when they happen but they don't need to be any longer than they already are I don't think anyone's gripe was like the finals are too short Right, let's add a day I need
0: more scenes of them puking and being upset about how exhausted they are we need more from that right yeah so I actually have a few things from Twitter shout out to uh, I think new patron Megan Schultz she offered to be my Twitter uh, correspondent for uh, going forward so she sent me a few uh, things so first we have from shane on his uh he said it was a hell of an experience xoxox love you hate you xoxo so so he loves to all the hate and uh cory big day in cory's life because he got verified, verified on, instagram. on
1: instagram i also saw yeah. this
0: I big big day that. for cory nothing is more important than that so uh he says god is good thank obviously, god I'm so <laughs> if God cares about anything, you know it's about getting people verified on Instagram. So
1: I'm so happy for Corey.
0: Uh, Camilla gave a little shout out to to Laurel. She said, uh, "Wish we got to make it to a final together, but nonetheless, glad I got to make it till the end with uh, you at Laurel Stucky Heart." So good. Good to see no bad blood between them too. Uh, yeah,
1: I checked up on Cara Maria because I know you can't um, yes. nothing from her this week that's interesting
0: but uh, speaking of Cara someone Dan C. Stoner tweeted uh, dear MTV please give Cara Maria her own dating show and let uh, Banksy be her advisor so that would be quite the, the show cuz trying to get cuz to be a new cuz
1: <laughs> would you podcast about that?
0: I would most
1: definitely Cara not Maria's dating show?
0: most definitely not <laughs> I can only imagine the cast of characters. If they're all like Abram, though, maybe I'll actually have to watch because that would be quite wild.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: But that's everything I have. Did you have anything else uh, about this episode or your first challenge r app experience?
1: Uh, you know, this was an endurance test for me. No, <laughs> not really. Um, <laughs> This was great. I am so happy to be here. I'm sorry that I'm not Ally Lasher. Um, I feel like I'm saying that every day <laughs> of my life. But, Are we all? Uh, <laughs> Yes, but I am. I go, I go. do go to the same school as her. Um, so she's currently on the same campus as me. Maybe I radiated some of her energy here.
0: There you go. She's the best. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so thank you so much for joining us. It was a lot of fun. Uh, where can people follow you on Twitter? Uh,
1: you can find me at Lita Tweeted. Um, Team Ninja Warrior started last night right after the challenge. It's really easy for people here to remember to watch Team Ninja Warrior because you just switch to the USA Network right after you're done with the challenge. Perfect. Um, so I'm not sure what our kind of schedule is going to be for that, how we're going to end up covering it, but I believe there will be some coverage somewhere me and Taryn Armstrong. So stay tuned for that.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Stay tuned. Uh, you can follow me at Brian underscore and you can subscribe to this podcast at robswebsite.com slash challenge iTunes uh, we'll be back next week which I thought would be the finale but it doesn't seem like it is the finale so then we'll be back one more week after that uh, until then have a good one